It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Friday, December 4th, and in a quick turnaround, we got to get you ready for the Steelers to play the Washington football team this Monday at 5 p.m. But we got to talk about what's going on with the national media and the difference between how they're seeing the Steelers as well as compared to the Steelers fans and low people who locally cover the Steelers. To do that, We've got our friend Jenna Harner from WPXI on the show today with us. She's going to come with her perspective. She was covering the Bills just last last year. So she's going to come with a perspective that shows, hey, she's covered local sports. She's covered sports elsewhere. It's going to be a fun discussion on why people see the Steelers so differently outside of the Pittsburgh market. Then finally, we got to get into this week's picks. We'll pick all the games of week 13 on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday with the Ravens and Cowboys playing then. And finally, of course, we preview Steelers versus Washington and give you a full predictions there for that game. Don't miss it. We're going to have a fun episode today for your Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I like to watch this season when I'm going over game footage to see how T.J. Watt gets a lot of his sacks. When I do, I like to drink a nice cold Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's Friday, which means it's only really a day after the game or two days after the game. It's weird. It's weird. I'm sorry. I can't. I feel like this should be like, it does not feel like the end of the week because I feel like the week just started. Um, So with that, you guys know I always need some help to get through our Fridays. We've got some of the best help in the world. It's Jenna Harner from WPXI TV. Uh, we were both just on the black and gold zone where she's always on there. I was a guest and it was a lot of fun. Jenna was wearing her uh, her black jacket that she uh, she was boasting she was boasting pretty well. Jenna, how you living? I am much warmer than I was on Wednesday night standing outside in that cold. The jacket was strictly it was warmth and fashion combined it got a lot of a lot of uh feedback a lot of people really enjoyed it i didn't realize that it was like a missy elliott jacket that she wore um so i got a lot of a lot of is that a missy elliott jacket so it was it, uh, it, 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 i think it it actually is i didn't think about that correlation i just i, I just saw people were like man that jacket's shiny and it, uh <laughs> But, yeah, it yeah. was shiny. It kept me nice and warm in that uh, nice chilly wind. 
but hey, we made it. it. It is, it does feel very weird. I don't, this whole, this past like week and a half has just been the same day over and over that I just don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> no, I'm right with you. Uh, it's a pretty crazy uh, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy week as it is, uh, and and like our our internal clocks have just been completely thrown out the window by COVID. But yep. now it's like even in the sense that we've learned how to get our internal clocks so we can do our jobs and get up for work on time. Now this is even like oh yeah, all the things you thought were happening at the normal days this week, forget all of that. Like like you know you know Tuesday that's 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 Friday right now. <laughs> I, I cannot wait at some point down the line in the future to tell my kids about the time that I covered Wednesday night football. That's, that's We're going to say that and they're going to look at us like, what, you mean they played football on a Wednesday? <laughs> like, Let me tell you the story, kids. Let me tell you. <laughs> but our, our, our first topic here, it's not a, it's not a hard hitting football discussion, but it's more of a, you know, observations because it continues to be a narrative that has happened all season long you know and and, uh jenna you know you and i thought it'd be great to have this talk with you because you just got to the pittsburgh market um you were covering the bills and you know you know sports in buffalo um you're from connecticut like you're you've bounced around the northeast you've heard all the narratives you've been a sports person for quite some time so you've and you get to see all these these things play out so i thought it'd be good to talk to you because steelers fans you know, all season long, they've dealt with, they've, they've listened to like the national takes from pro football focus, from NFL live, from all these people that say, oh, the Steelers are not as good as you think they are, even though they're undefeated, even though they've beaten everyone in their way, they're not that good. And they're going to lose eventually. And, you know, and then those, those same voices were out of, came out the woodwork after this 19 to 14 win, which it was sloppy. It was bad. And there were lots of mistakes. Uh, but obviously there was, uh, you know, th- there was, there was a lot more this time. Stephen A. Smith came out on his first take show, and you know, said that this was this was horrible, and there's no way they could do it. Even former Steeler Ryan Clark said there's no way that that, that team could beat the Chiefs. Uh, they call it coward. He came out aggressively on his show and was like, Steelers fans crying to your terrible towels. There's no way that you'll make it to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and it's just, it's interesting, Jenna. What is this thing about, you know, from like it seems like there's a there's a consensus to just discredit what the Steelers are putting together together right now. Are Steelers fans crazy for thinking that? No, and it's just – it's such a funny discussion because coming from Buffalo and growing up in Connecticut, like you mentioned, the Steelers have always been this dynasty. The Steelers are always this team that you expect to make the playoffs, have success in the playoffs, make it to the AFC Championship, get to the Super Bowl. I mean, like – you know, I was always great because growing up in New England as a non-New England Patriots fan, it was ah. always wonderful to see. I know, surprise. Everyone's always like, seriously, how'd you do that one? <laughs> um, but it was always just, you know, I, I always had such respect for the Steelers, not only because of what they were doing, not only because, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is the legend that, I mean, I grew up knowing about, but also, you know, they were the team that was like, oh, like they're going to give the Patriots a run for the money. Like we love this. Like they're, they're the team that will be the Patriots. So it was always, you know, looked at that way. And even in Buffalo, I mean, seeing what the Steelers do, what they consistently do year after year after year. I mean, there's a reason Tomlin and Ben have never had losing seasons. This team is accustomed to success. And it's very funny 
to see now that I'm here, now that I'm immersed covering this team on a daily basis to kind of just see the national perspective. Cause everyone's looking at the schedule and they're like, Oh, well they have one of the easiest schedules, blah, blah, blah. So do the Ravens. Look mm-hmm. at where the Ravens are. The Ravens mm-hmm. have a easier schedule than the Steelers do mm-hmm. this season. And look at the record. I think you have to look at it as good teams find ways to win. And that's why the Steelers are 11 and 0. all of these games have not been pretty, but also you look at the schedule thing too. It's like, they have no control over that. We hear Tomlin talk all the time about controlling what you can control. That's one of the things, sorry to break it to you, everybody, but they have no control over they one that they, they, you know, they have no control of the fact that they play the Browns and the Bengals twice every year. Right. They have no control that this year by the scheduling, they were playing the NFC East. I mm-hmm. guarantee you any other division, if they were playing the NFC East this year, look at what would have happened. It probably would have been a very similar story. But I think because the Steelers have so much success, are so accustomed to so, so much success throughout the years, I think they are under a little bit more of a microscope in that sense that everybody always expects them to be good. But then when they're this good, it's like, I just, it's so funny to me. And yesterday or um, earlier this week during the Ravens game on Twitter, everyone was like, you know, oh God, this is the Steelers team. Cause so many people that I know that cover the bills that cover other teams aren't paying this close attention to the Steelers team and aren't watching them because um, in prime time as much, but they're like, seriously, like anybody can beat the Steelers team. And that was the ugliest game we've seen them play. Yep. Season that was yep. the worst game, and that's what I was telling um, a lot of my Buffalo sports media friends. I'm like, hey guys, just a heads up. I'm like, this is not the Steelers team that you should expect to come to Bills Stadium in the next couple weeks here. Um, and I keep telling everybody this too. If you take the first half of that Tennessee game, because in my mind, I think that's the best game. I that's the best half of football. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Steelers play this season. They were just clicking on all cylinders on offense, defense, and special teams there. If that team can play a full 60 minutes, that's a team to me, if they play the way they did in the first half, that they compete with the Chiefs right away. They compete with the Bills. They compete with teams at the top of the AFC in general. And I mean, that's a team that has a legitimate Super Bowl chance. I mean, again, we have to look at the fact that they're 11 and 0. Yep. There's a reason they're winning these games. I feel like I'm kind of going on a rant here, but it's just <laughs> There's a reason why this Steelers team has found ways to win through adversity, through a decent amount of adversity against good teams, against bad teams, you know, kind of all of it. Wow. Tony Serino, watch out. We got a new rant person on the show. Uh, but, but no, Jenna, these are all, these are all legitimate points. And, and these are things that I think Steelers fans have been saying. And I do think that there is a sense, like you said, the Steelers, regardless of the fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl in 12 years, they're still considered the dynasty. They're, they're you know, they, they have six Super Bowls, and people are tired of hearing Steelers fans say we got six Super Bowls. I mean, and let's face it, Steelers fans, you know you do it when people when you out in public and someone says, oh, the Steelers suck, and you just be like, six rings, even when even when the years when they're eight and eight. You're like, oh, we do we do not care. Um, and uh, and I, I get that. Uh, but you know, and, and it's funny, I I talked to other friends of mine who like I my I have a friend, Devin, he's an Eagles fan. We made we were friends at Cheney. And, and it was funny because I was in his territory and since then he's come to Pittsburgh and he's in my territory. And he's like, I get why you hated Eagles fans so much in in college because I hate Steelers fans just because you're just way too cocky. And I, I think that there's, that's the thing is that if you're not from here, there's still that different. And then another, another thing that came across to me when I was in college, I would read and I would watch 
NFL.com, ESPN, all their takes on the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. And just there was very little praise of Ben Roethlisberger, you know, in the national sense. And this is young Ben Roethlisberger when he won two Super Bowls. Um, and so when I came back to Pittsburgh, or like times I would talk to my father because he would, you know, we, we, we'd have sports conversations while I was, when I was out, out of school. And he'd be like, man, people like, love Ben Roethlisberger way too much. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, nobody loves him. And I realized when I got back to Pittsburgh, that's where he was living. So he heard all the local sports takes. And I'm here on the national sport. And it's just, it's a serious dichotomy. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's weird what that divide is. Because here's the thing, like, and, and, and you know, more to, you know, you're, you grew up not a Patriots fan, but in New England, that's not with the Patriots. Even when the Patriots are, you know, there were the times they would say, are the, are the Patriots in trouble? But as soon when they were 11 and 0, there was no the Patriots, they haven't paid anybody. It was always, you know, they're just going to beat everybody. They're probably going 19 and 0 this year. You know, everyone just bow down to them. And then they'd lose to the Jets in the playoffs, and you'd be like, wow. And but then there wouldn't be talk about how they need to rebuild or this is that and a the problem. There was all, all of these conversations don't seem to happen for even the other dynasty type franchises. Yeah, it is such an interesting way that that happens. And I, it's so interesting too, like when, you know, as someone who is in the local sport media, looking at the way that national media sometimes talks about it, it's, it gets a little frustrating sometimes. I'm like, you're not in these Zoom conferences. You're not watching these games right. all the time. I'm sure they are watching a decent amount and paying decent attention, but it's not, they're not as in depth as, so many of us here are and it's so funny because also like everyone's always like oh well like as a local journalist aren't you a fan it's like no 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 that's not that's not our job even though there are a lot of local people who grew up here grew up Steelers fans which is fantastic but it's so funny just like to see the way that that happens is like no this isn't I, I mean especially with the criticism of Ben Roethlisberger this year I'm like do you not realize the difference between this team last year and this year and this is for someone who didn't cover this team last year but who I mean I covered them in the one Bill Steelers game the Sunday night football game and I remember being like oh my god this defense is really really good but I know that the fact that Duck Hodges is their quarterback yep. there are gonna be some struggles and I and, and it was so funny now looking at that I'm like what Ben has been able to do this season and everyone questioned oh is he gonna come back is mm -hmm. he gonna be as strong as he was how is he gonna recover it's night and day it is night and day and it's just it's so funny to I mean see that perspective a little bit that you know hey maybe everyone's a lot of the national people are looking at the Steelers. It's like, Oh, are they really legit? It's like it, their record says that they are regardless of anything else more than just the record, but also what they've been able to do. And again, this is, this is such a weird year too. Yep. The fact that that's the offense has been able to, I mean, they're, they put up, I have to do other than actually this was their lowest scoring game this season, mm -hmm. but before this game, they had scored 25 points, I believe in F or more in every single game, which was something they only did four times last year. Is that yep. right? Yep. Four. That's correct. Yes. Four. I mean, that in itself speaks volumes. Yes. It's the teams they are playing against. Yes. It's competition, all that. But the fact that the offense is putting points up and I mean, arguably we can talk about the Ravens matchup and all the drops mm -hmm. and that there should have been a lot mm -hmm. more points put up in that game all day, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just funny. It is a little, it is interesting to see the way, but I think it's just because it's also this organization breeds so much success that I feel like there is that closer microscope of like, 
you know, oh, well, yeah, they're successful, but like this, there's always, again, it's also always a talking point too. Like I look at the, what is it? The PFF guys. I'm like, yeah. they're just doing that at the time to be like, oh, let's poke the bear here. Let's poke the bear. And I said the other week, I was like, they're doing this to get it. It's a bit now. It's not, oh, it's, yeah. not it, it's not analysis. It's, hey, we need to get, you know, our, our numbers up here real quick. Let's, let's rattle the cages and the Steelers fans will come after us and that, and that, and then the anti-Steelers fans will jump in to defend us. And then that'll be the, the battle that makes us popular. And, and to your point, not just the Ravens having this, the Steelers of their opponents right now with 11 opponents, I believe everyone's played 11 games now of the Steelers, 11 opponents, they, their opponents have 49 wins and one tie. And that's if you count the Ravens twice because they played them twice. Um, and the same thing goes for the for the Chiefs because they played the Raiders twice, but the Chiefs opponents have fifty one wins. So really, the Chiefs are one and a half games. Their opponents have one and a half games better than the Steelers right now. And you look at that and you're like, that's it. it, it how how are the Steelers so much like you know so much worse? And again, the Steelers haven't lost in any of these games. Um, and if you again, if you look at a lot of those Chiefs games, the Chargers game, both the Raiders games. Um, the, the Panthers game, teams that they should have handled. They didn't. But, again, it's, it's football, and I see the excuses made for them in those situations, but not those same excuses come when they're like, you know what, the Steelers, this was the weirdest week in the history of the NFL, but who cares? No, bury them. They, they stink. They're never going to be good. They're, they're, they're going to lose this year. And it's like, in with you almost look at it in a treetop sense. Like for everybody that doesn't know or that hasn't been paying, I guess, entirely close attention, they look at it as, oh, well, it was the Ravens JV team. Like the Steelers should have handled them, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we heard from Ben Roethlisberger, a very honest and candid Ben Roethlisberger, say this was a really mentally tough week. Yeah. Whenever your quarterback says that, he's not just saying it to say it. That was just so bluntly honest and showed was everything that the Steelers went through this week. So they dealt with all the things that they dealt with. And, you know, hey, by the way, they won a football game on a Wednesday when they were supposed to play it the previous Thursday. I think you made a lot of great points in this segment. But that's that's where I wanted to get Jenna. You have to understand, Jenny, she just got here, what, in March? Yep. And so, like, you know, she's, she's not of – she hasn't even gone through a full year of covering Pittsburgh sports, but she's even seeing the same stuff that we are. So you're not alone, Steelers fans. Uh, there, there are other people out there that are, that, are, that are feeling the way you feel. Let us know how you feel. Um, you know, you can always hit, hit me up on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Hit up the Facebook group, uh, Locked, on, Locked on Steelers. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so we, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. It's pick time. We're going to get into all our picks for the weekend. And then in the final segment, we're going to give you a preview of, of the Washington football team game, which is weird because we just talked about the game because it was just played two days ago. But now we're talking about the game that's playing in 3D. It's weird. I don't care. We're doing it right after this. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of WPXI-TV. Jenna, it's time for picks going into the weekend. No Thursday night football because that would have been Ravens-Cowboys. That got moved to Tuesday night. We'll cover that at the end of this. But lots of Sunday football. 
And it's great to say that because I, it's going to, you know, see Steelers fans, you can sit back and watch some Sunday football and not stress out for a bit after a very stressful Wednesday. Um, let's start with a game that could be interesting. It's the 9-2 and two Saints at the 4-7 and seven Falcons. The Falcons playing a little bit better now under Raheem Morris. Um, the Saints still winning with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Um, Jenna, it's crazy. Last year, they, you know, when Drew Brees went down for a month, the Saints didn't lose a game. And now we're in that same situation where they're, they might not lose a game without them again. It's, it's, I, it's, it's a weird thing, but they're, they're playing well without them. They had, they had Latavius Murray. They didn't even use Alvin Kamara in this last game. They had Latavius Murray, and they're, and they're beating on people. Um, I thought it was wild, but I'm, I think the Saints are going to win this one. But do you think the Falcons might surprise somebody here? I think there's a chance that they could. Like, this is a game where I want to just – my gut wants to say New Orleans just because I think they have a better team overall here. But the Falcons beating the Raiders 43-6 to last wild. week. But still – how? That, I, I, I'm still mind-blown by that, especially – I mean – you can say all you want with Oakland in terms of the emotions coming in after the Chiefs game. Sure, whatever. I just – I, the Falcons, I think, are still so hot and cold, and this was a very, like, oh, they might be able to do some things down the stretch here, question mark type win. Gut, I want to say go the Saints, but I think this could be a game. I really do, especially with Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think it's, it could be interesting there. Um, NFC North showdown, the four and seven Lions at the five and six Bears – both of these teams are reeling, but the Lions are now without Matt Patricia after their loss on Thanksgiving. Um, they they got they jettisoned it. It was crazy. Nick Wright of uh, Fox Sports One, he came out and said before this game even was even played, he was like, "I can't wait to see the Lions lose, so I never have to see Matt Patricia that stupid pencil that he puts in in his ear." Because he said he he uses laminated sheets. He can't use the pencil. It's a prop. And I was like, "That's pretty observant and funny." Um, but sure, but sure enough, Matt Patricia's gone. And now you got these Lions. They're trying to figure things out. But the Bears, they're trying to stay in the, in the, in the back end of the NFC hunt. <sighs> I, I'm going with the Lions simply because Mitch Trubisky's just that bad. But the Bears' defense makes me think about this. I just – I don't know, Jenna. I, I, I got to go with Chicago just strictly because of their defense. And watching Detroit on Thanksgiving, that game Oof, was – right bad it you know what actually you're right in just saying thanksgiving i was like yeah what am i doing what am i doing get out of here we're picking the <laughs> bears you're, you're like, absolutely right the lions again the lions have shown some bright spots some really dark spots yeah. uh thanksgiving yeah. um but just what did they have it was four turnovers it was just it was so so bad and i think chicago's defense is gonna again they're still kind of trying to be in the hunt for the playoffs so i think they're gonna cause some turnovers here you're really able to do that against this detroit team especially i i'm whoever who's their main running back i'm spacing out david montgomery yeah montgomery he he had a he had one or two of the fumbles on like mm -hmm. two back-to-back handoff it was that game on thanksgiving itself was just wild but i i think chicago's defense here i'm going with that just because of their defense oh wait you were saying the lions running back sorry i mixed that up uh deandre swift that's why deandre bet. swift yeah yeah but my swift, bad i don't know if swift was the one that anyways i don't know if he was the one that fumbled but there were two really bad back-to-back -back fumbles for the mm -hmm. lions that it was just like i yike yeah i mean so i think chicago's defense is more of a solid pick here you convinced me really quickly there i was like what am i doing picking the Lions? <laughs> um all right colts at texans afc south showdown the seven and four colts four and seven texans uh 
Colts uh, had a really bad beatdown at the hands of the Titans, but the Texans, they just lost Will Fuller to COVID – or not COVID, I'm sorry, to you know, being suspended for PEDs. What the heck yeah. is going on here? Wild. I, that's, I saw that the other day, and it, it was funny. You say COVID because in six you're like, oh, Will Fuller's out? Does he have yep. COVID? But, like, that's where your mind goes to. I think Indy's defense is just still more solid. I think we saw good things from the Texans in a season where we haven't seen a lot of good things from them last week. But I think the absence of Fuller is going to be really, really key for this offense. So I'm going Indy. And, I mean, Phillip Rivers, take out the last game, hasn't been playing really terribly. He's I agree. playing solid and i hate being like really philip rivers been playing really <laughs> but yeah i think indy yeah, i'm going with indy as well um we're, let's move along this is a game where i think you could probably use in survivor pools um the two eight and one Bengals are at the seven and four dolphins i just miami's not some superpower but they're good enough to beat a Bengals team that doesn't know who they are without joe burrow yeah, and I think we're kind of seeing really decent things for Miami. I believe that Tua is expected to be back with the th- after his thumb injury. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but even with Fitz, they've been playing pretty well. I think everyone was like, when Fitz was going to play last week, everyone was like, oh, my God, this might be the first game the Jets win, and Miami handled them. I think <laughs> the Dolphins are kind of – I don't want to say entirely flying under the radar, but they're a team that – I mean, do we think that we – did we think also that we were going to be talking about the top two teams in the AFC East at this point in the season? We're going to be the Bills and the Dolphins. Like I, I thought the Bills. I never thought the Dolphins. Yep. It was, it's wild. It's wild to think about. So I think Miami has some good things going. I think this is a game, like you said, survivable game for sure. I would pick Miami in a heartbeat in this. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with that. Now, here's an interesting game. One in 10 Jaguars at five and six Vikings. I know that doesn't, everyone's like, Chris, that's not interesting at all. We don't care about this team. But the Vikings are this weird up and down sensation. Kirk Cousins can put up random points when he wants to. They still have Dalvin Cook. You got James Robinson with the Jaguars. I think this could end up being a high scoring game because I don't trust either of these defenses. Yeah, the defenses are really what gets it for me with these teams. And I think, like you said, the Vikings are so hot and cold. Like, they'll win and beat Green Bay, and then they'll lose to, you know, I, I want to look, I'm looking at their schedule just to make sure that I'm not, you know, crazy. But just, it's, <laughs> it's, they've had games that have surprised you. Like, they'll, again, they'll go and lose to the Cowboys, but yep. then they'll beat the Bears and the Packers mm-hmm. and keep it close with Seattle. Like, you can't figure out this team entirely. Um, so I think this can be kind of a shootout, but I, I think I'm going to just go with Minnesota because I think they're more of a safer bet here. I think they have, if you look at like complete teams, more complete, I would say they're a more complete team. Um, but you never know with the Jags run game also. So it's like, uh, I would go Minnesota, but I mean, there's nothing would surprise me in this game. Yeah, I'm going with Minnesota as well. Just both of them have strong run games, and I just think that when if if either one of those runs into trouble, I'll trust Kirk Cousins before I trust Mike Glennon. Um, even yeah. though that's, I, I mean, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Let me get that. Let me get that there. <laughs> um, but now here's here's a game where I think isn't necessarily interesting. I just think if 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 the Raiders find a way to lose to the Jets, they're done. I don't want to hear about their names again, and. Yeah. I mean, the way they got shellacked by the, by the Falcons. But the Jets are just so hapless right now. Jenna, did you see the post-game interview with Adam Gase last week 
when they asked him if he was calling the plays. He at first denied it, and then they kept asking questions like, we saw your offensive coordinator not call plays. And then he was like, well, eventually, yeah, I did, I did start calling the plays. He's like, well, then why didn't – we just asked you if you were calling the plays. And it just – he looked so confused and befuddled, and it's just another sign of how bad the Jets are run right now. They don't have the talent. They don't have the coaching. They don't have anything. If the Raiders lose to that team, just go home. Don't, don't even come back. Absolutely. And it's so funny with the whole Adam Gase thing, because I guess afterwards he said like, oh, well, I don't want to entirely say who's calling the plays. Cause like, I don't want to give other teams a competitive advantage. Like you're, uh, you have not won a game this yeah. season. How yeah. would you give, oh, I don't want to tell teams so that they can figure out ways to beat us. Like newsflash for you. That's what they're doing. That is what they're doing right now. And that's what they've done all season. Uh, yeah, if the Raiders lose this game, I don't expect them to, but if for some reason they do, I think the conversation gets thrown out the window for the Ravens or sorry, the Raiders being as solid of a team as they are. Cause you can't lose to this Jets team. You just can't. Uh, here's a game. So I'm with you the Raiders are going to win this game, but, um, here's a game that could be game of the week. Um, I also realize I'm starting to sound like Chris Collins because I keep saying, here's a game, um, but uh, but but seriously, this game, game of the week material, eight and three Browns, eight and three Titans, Steelers fans, this is where you should be watching on Sunday, um, because yep. the the Browns, eight and three Titans, eight and three. This is if the Browns lose this game and the Steelers win this week, there's another tiebreaker like strength of victory thing that has to come into the to come into play for the Steelers. But there's a chance the Steelers could lock up the division already, and also it would just push the Browns down and Steelers fans just love to see that. So um, I, th- I'm, 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 a, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical about this, but you know, I'm picking the Titans. They're at home. They just had a really confident win against the Colts. And I just, I think that Cleveland's run where they've had the they've re- relied on the run. I think it's good. It's going to come down to Baker making some plays. And I think this is a game where he's going to come up short and throw some bad passes to put them in tight spots. I think, and I said this a couple, or I feel like I've had this conversation a little bit, a bunch recently, but I think the Browns at eight and three are very different than the Titans at eight and three, the Bills at eight and three. Like it's night and day. If people want to, you know, talk about national respect for things, that's where to do it because I just, the Browns barely beat the Texans. They barely beat the Eagles in that sense. And I feel like I'm like turning my argument against me from our earlier <laughs> Uh, but like watching those games, it was brutal. The Eagles yeah. game, the Eagles Browns game should not have even been a football game. That was yeah. so bad. And I just think the Titans are kind of catching some fire here. They're getting hot at the right time. They're, I don't like, not that they are flying under the radar because they weren't, but I think they're a team that people aren't like, people are like, oh, oh, you know, the Titans, they've been okay. It's like, mm, they're pretty solid and I think the win against the Ravens and the win against the Colts like they're getting hot at the right time and I mean I I don't think I I think they should win this I want to say by double digits it might be by like a you know one score two scores a closer game than people think but I think this should be a game the Titans win I'm right with you let's move to the four o'clock games here's a game of two teams but I I don't get I, I I keep thinking that one team's really good or one team's I, – I thought both of these teams were really good at some point this season. It's the 74 Rams at the 6-5 of five Cardinals. Uh, what the heck is going on with both of these teams? Um, I'm picking the Rams because I like their defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and I think they can do enough to cause problems for Kyler Murray. But I don't know who either of these teams really are, Jenna. 
Yeah, and it's funny because you look like the Bills Cardinals game, I think, defined to me who the Cardinals were as a team, at least most recently. And then they go and lose the Seahawks game. Yeah, okay, that was a good game. You know, you kind of anticipated that both of those teams were going to split that series this season. But the Patriots game this past week, that was one of the ones that I was kind of like, oh man, hang on a second. How, mm-hmm. who are these Cardinals? Who, mm-hmm. you know, Kyler Murray has been playing well. I think he's been, you know, doing fine, having success at least through those earlier games prior to these past two. And then the Rams, you look at them, and again, I I don't entirely know who this team is. Are they, they're hot, they're cold, they win games that you expect them to lose, they lose games that you think they should win. I feel like I want to say Arizona just because I think this is going to be close and I think they're going to potentially bounce back. But also, again, we know what the Rams defense is capable of. We know Kyler Murray's escapability. So it's kind of like I'm toying back and forth here. (laughs) I think I'm just going to go Arizona just because I I expect them to bounce back at some point. And I think that we've seen really good things from them um, prior to these past two games. But this is going to be a good game. I think it is going to be a good game in the NFC West. Huge implications there. Now, here's the game I'm I'm going with the Seahawks out, out front. It's eight and three Seahawks hosting the four and seven Giants. Daniel Jones isn't even playing. Even if he was, I would pick the Seahawks either way. Jenna, I don't care. Seahawks win easy. Yeah, says Seattle. Daniel Jones not playing is really not going to make much of a difference here. <laughs> and then uh, three seven and one Eagles at the eight and three Packers. Another one I could put this in the survivor pool. I'm confident the Packers pull this one out. Eagles defense plays inspired, but Carson Wentz he's got a lot of problems. It is bad. Carson Wentz one word this season bad. He's not <laughs> been great at all. And the Packers have had some strange losses, but this is not going to be one of those like, oh, the Packers lost to the Eagles type things. I don't see that happening. I see Aaron Rodgers having himself a big day. All right. The five and six Patriots are at the three and eight Chargers. Chargers are just reeling. I say the Patriots actually win this one. Uh, they get to six and six, putting them back into the playoff conversation. Um, I just I don't believe in the Chargers, even though Justin Herbert's been very impressive this year. Chargers got too many problems across the board, whereas the Patriots they uh, they find they're, they're, they find weird ways to win in a in a wacky year. And I think Bill Belichick. I mean, this is a game that just screams like Bill Belichick game planning against a young quarterback to me. I just see him. Yeah doing things, coming up with schemes, coming up with looks that'll confuse Herbert a little bit. And just, you know, the Patriots are not great, but also it was funny. I saw a tweet that's like, the Patriots aren't good, but they're also not bad. What are they? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, that's a really, that's yeah. That sums that about sums it up. So I think this is a game the Patriots win. I think this is not going to be a pretty game by either stretch, but I think that New England puts themselves back in the playoff conversation, which I hate to say, and I didn't think we were going to be saying in terms of the start of the season, really. Um, yeah, I, I agree entirely. Um, the uh, it's, it's a weird situation. 10 and one chiefs hosting the force and seven Broncos. Um, the chiefs are, you know, are just rolling over people at times. They struggle with other teams. I think they may run into some struggles with Denver's defense, but that offense is just a hot mess. Give me the Chiefs easily at home. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think that it'll be an interesting game for uh, Kansas City's offense just because, again, against Denver's defense. But if you look at the offensive matchups here, Kansas City's offense is much more high-powered. The fact that Denver went through everything they went through this past week, I think they will come out with some firepower. And this might be a game where, you know, they start off hot or they make it a close game. And people are like, ooh, hang on a second here. And then Kansas City runs away with it. I don't see Kansas City losing this game at all. Monday night football after the Steelers game is Bills at Niners. Bills 8-3 and three, doing well this season. Niners remaining to be upstarts. They, they are not going away quietly into the night, even though they're a mash unit. Um, I, I'm still saying the Bills, but I, I've got to say I'm impressed by the, uh, how the Niners have held it together and still remained competitive this far into the season. Yeah, and I think them beating the Rams last week, too, a lot of people were like, whoa, wait, they still have a pulse here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see the Bills winning this game. I think that... Josh Allen is going to continue to do what he's done this season. I think that that offense is really figuring things out. I believe they're still without John Brown, which is definitely a different dichotomy when he's with this offense versus when he's out um, and when he's injured. Um, But also the Bills defense is kind of piecing things together again. They kind of started off strong and then had some falters. And I think they're kind of pulling it back together here. And I think that San Fran is just still a little too depleted for me. Um, in terms of their lineup. And I think that we see uh, the Bills come out. But this should be, I, I see it being an interesting and competitive game, at least for a little bit. Waiting all day for Tuesday night is Woo! what they're, they're going to be saying with this game played. But the three-day Cowboys are at the 6-5 and five Ravens. Um, I'm interested to see who they get back for this game, Jenna. Um, if Lamar Jackson isn't back for this game, I actually think the Cowboys could take the take the Ravens. Um, I, I, I'm going to just pick the Ravens just because. Just because I think that they'll get enough players back that they'll be able to play Tuesday night and, and take on the Cowboys at home. But it would not shock me if the Cowboys pulled off this upset with how the Ravens have been struggling lately. Yeah, and I think that it's going to come down to exactly what you said, the players that they get back, who they get back in their lineup. And I do believe they expect to get at least a decent chunk of the players that have been on the COVID reserve list back. Um, And I think so many people, again – nationally would be like oh well look what happened with the Steelers like the game was close of course this team will beat the Cowboys like I I think this is gonna be a weird game I it just kind of has that makings for me and I think also again you have them play on a Tuesday after playing on a Wednesday after having a whole COVID thing I think we could see kind of like a slow start from the Ravens um but I do think it won't be pretty but I think depending on who Baltimore gets back if they do have Jackson back this is a winnable game for the Ravens Absolutely. All right. We've picked all the Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday games that aren't the Steelers. We're going to pick the Steelers right after this break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Jenna Harner. Jenna, it's time to talk about this Steelers-Washington football team game. Now, this is going to be interesting because Washington's defense has been tough at times this year. 
their pass rush has been tough. Fantasy wise, they're a nightmare to play if you're if you have a quarterback or a wide receiver or even a running back. Sometimes going up against them, they they will sometimes shut them down in fantasy. But this team is still four and seven. This is still not a good football team, and. I, I look at this. I look at this game, and I see like, man, there's plenty of holes the Steelers could attack to get their mojo back on offense. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. They need to get that mojo back. Looking at the Ravens game and all of those dropped passes, I think if you see more than two dropped passes from a receiver that aren't contested, crazy, you know, knocked out of the hands at the last second type passes it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't see that happening. I see the Steelers uh, offense really making sure this week in practice, they are on the jugs machine. They are working as much as they can, because that was just inexcusable against the Ravens. And again, those are like correctable things that you, that can happen. And I think they're going to come into this one. I don't want to say overly tense in that sense, but I think, the Ravens game was just so weird. It was so wonky. There were so many weird situations, weird things leading up to it. They're so thrown out of the routine that it's like, okay, now we turn the page on that. We have a short memory. And, hey, by the way, we have five days to prepare for a football game. We're preparing. We're getting ready for this team. We have somewhat of a normal schedule. We, knock on wood, don't think like, oh, this game is going to be postponed three times. It's like right. I, I don't they're, – they're able to get that out of their mindset. So I think you're able to go back back to your normal week of game planning if you're the Steelers. And I think that's what really is going to help them coming into this one. But I see Ben Roethlisberger and this offense, they better come out firing, especially after, uh, um, after what happened against the Ravens. I also think that Washington's pass rush is really solid, but the Steelers haven't allowed a sack, I believe in four games. I think the last time Ben Roethlisberger was sacked was, the first game against Baltimore. If I think I, so, yeah. I believe that was the last time. So they're doing a really, really good job of protecting their quarterback, especially this was kind of a bright spot, but Benny Snell. Benny yeah. Snell did a great job um, on Thursday against Baltimore. And so depending on if they can get James Conner back in time or not um, for this game, I don't believe that they can, but I'm not sure exactly. It might be like right on the cusp. Um, it also depends with positive tests too. Um, but I see if this Steelers offense can get going, I see them winning this game for sure. But I think that Ben's going to look to, you know, challenge his receivers and say, Hey, I took the heat for you guys last uh, Thursday. You guys, you know, need to pick things up here and we need to get back to the performance that they had against the Browns, those types of games against the Bengals. Those are the types of performances we need to see from the Steelers offense. And I think we will. And, and like you, like you're saying, there's there, there are the, the watch the watch this pass rush is for real. Like yeah. they, they, they do bring it on defense. Um, you know, they've got, yeah, they they they've been able they've been able to, to to bring the heat. Chase Young's got four and a half sacks as a rookie. Montez Sweat's got six. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who has just he he's had a, such a long career in the NFL. He's thirty two. He's still got five and a half sacks. They've got a, a Tim Settle with with five sacks. They you know this is a group that can get to you a bunch of different ways. Even John John Bostic, former Steeler, he's got two on the season. Um, but you look at what they put up this year, and there's some really questionable games. Five times this year, Jenna. Five times Washington has given up 30 or more points to the Cardinals, to the Browns, to the Ravens, to the Rams, um, and to the Lions. 
of those games, you got to look in yourself at the Steelers and, and they don't need to be concerned with, you know, who, who those teams were, but it, that's a sign. Like there are ways to manipulate this defense and still attack them. Um, and like you said, the Steelers, the Steelers uh, pass protection, they've given up the fewest sacks in the NFL 10 through 11 games. That's a really good sign for me. I think that this is something that they can neutralize Washington's biggest threat on defense and get back to what they're doing. They do well on offense, which is throwing the football, dinking and dunking you and being efficient with the football and, and finishing drives. Um, I think that that gives the Steelers a significant advantage in this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I think this should be a, a winnable game and kind of that game for them. I don't want to entirely say get back on track because, again, obviously they're still undefeated here. But mm-hmm. I think this is that game to kind of say, hey, we're really close in the chapter shutting the book on Baltimore we're moving forward here we got some tough games coming up down the stretch and we're gonna kind of come out and you know make that statement that we didn't get to make initially that they thought they were gonna be able to do on Thanksgiving and also twice the Washington's offense has turned the ball over five times in a single game this year twice and I think the Steelers defense is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder isn't entirely the right word, but with the loss of Bud Dupree, they're going to be playing even, you know, they, they're already lights out. So I don't even know if there's another term for more than lights out, but I think they're going to play with that little extra motivation in a sense. And I think that they're really going to look to get to Alex Smith. Absolutely. All right. Final score prediction time, Jenna, who you got winning, what's the final score and what, what, you know, why and how does this play out? I'm going with the Steelers. I'm going 27 to 10 just because this might be another little bit of a slow start just because it is such a weird week. But I think the Steelers kind of never really let their foot up off the gas in this one. I think that they're going to find touchdowns through the air. There's going to be a promising drive that ends in a Boswell field goal. We know that that's going to happen. I feel like that's a, almost a guarantee. You can put that on your weekly bingo card. Um, but I think we see a lot more see improvements from what we saw against this team from this team against Baltimore. I think there's going to be a lot more offensively. The guys are going to be clicking a little bit more, you know, we're not going to see as many drop passes. I feel like I've just harped on that for the last couple of days, <laughs> but I mean, I, and I think the defense, um, you know, with high Smith in every, I, I feel like I see different things. People saying, you know, Oh, you know, obviously, obviously the loss of Dupree is significant, but I think high Smith is a really good fit in this role. And I think we're going to see a decent amount from him. Also, I just had to chuckle because I saw on Twitter that there's a really, a really solid chance that Alex high Smith could sack Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. That would be really funny. <laughs> I, I think we all need that to happen. It's 2020. We need it. Hey, Darius Slay caught a pass on or Darius Slayton caught a pass on Darius Slay. Uh, so, I mean, it, it would only be right if this happened too. It would only be fitting. It really, really would. Or like Alex Highsmith forcing a fumble or something. I, I and I think like from him too as a rookie, he is well mature beyond mm-hmm. his rookie year. Um, and so I think that we're going to see, um, you know, some bright spots from him too. But I think again, the Steelers defense is the Steelers defense. They've been what they've been all season. The loss of Bud is significant, but it's not insurmountable. Absolutely. I'm right with you. The Steelers are winning this one. I got them 31-13. I think that that field goal does come into play early. And I think that Alex Smith is able to engineer one touchdown drive for for Washington. I think that he's going to be able to dink and dunk his way around the field. Uh, Antonio Gibson's a good running back. I think he's going to, he has a good future in this league. Uh, I really like Terry McLaurin as a a wide receiver. I think those two are really good weapons combined. Um, But 
eventually the Steelers lock down on whatever Alex Smith thinks he sees at the beginning of the game. They aren't able to adjust. And then that's when you see the Steelers defense start to rack up, you know, turnovers and sacks and, and you know, th- three and out drives. And then eventually, after doing that so many times, the Steelers offense is going to start clicking. Big plays are going to happen and you're going to see them take over this game. I think by I think by early fourth quarter, you see like a, a third touchdown put up by the Steelers. And then by mid to mid the mid fourth quarter, when you see that final touchdown and it's kind of like the like the OK Steelers are back to normal and they're 12 and 0 after this game. Yeah, and everybody can breathe that sigh of relief and then turn the attention towards the Bills. Absolutely, which is what, you know, but you know, everyone's t- thinking, thinking that, but hey, the Steelers got to get through this one first, y'all. So um, so let, let, let's see if they're keeping their, their eyes on the prize right now. Everyone saw Stephon's Tewitt's, uh tweet before the game saying that this should be an easy one against the Ravens. You know, I know a lot of fans were perturbed about that, and uh, rightfully so. So we'll see if the Steelers are – you know, continuing to take it one game at a time uh, against Washington, who, even though they're four, seven, four and seven, they are for the first place in the NFC East, and uh, their defense has proven troublesome at times this year. Jenna, thanks so much for doing another great Friday episode. We're always happy to have you here, here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, we have a lot of fans of you on the show. Please let them know where they can follow you and find more of your work. Well, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11. Someone tweeted at me and told me that they come for the sports takes and stay for the food talk. And I was like, that perfectly sums it up. So if you want sports (laughs) and food and the occasional puppy, I gotcha. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Jenna underscore Harner. Um, And you can catch us on WPXI. Chris is on uh, a ton of the stuff that we do. Fantasy football insider, sometimes black and gold zone, final word on Sunday nights. So, Um, We are happy to have him be a part of our team as I am to join him here on Fridays. It's, 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 it's very, it's very great to be able to work with you, Jenna. So thanks again. You guys can follow me at Carter critiques on Twitter. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Join the locked on Steelers Facebook group. Uh, We're over 900 Steelers fans strong. So keep joining, Uh, tell your friends to join. It's a really great group. Um, and hey, if you're loving the podcast, one, subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. And if you're really loving the podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with, with, a, with, a, with a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing so gets you a shout-out on the show like this person who uh, they left a five-star review as Madison's, uh, which is, I guess there's a lot of N's, so that's how I pronounce that. Uh, but Madison says, uh, great podcast. Love listening to you guys, to guys who love the Steelers as much as I do. Thank you, Madison, for your five-star review. We salute you for that. Um, and hey, uh, if you want your, if you want to get shouted out, please leave us a five-star review. It will get read on the show. We do want to show. So uh, appreciate all those who have done that. And if you've done it, we ask you to do it again. Helps us get up, get the word out about what we're doing here. Uh, from Chris Carter and Jenna Harner, hope everyone has a happy and fun, safe weekend. Wear a mask. You know, take care of yourself. Enjoy, enjoy your time, time together with your family if you can. If you can, uh, talk to a friend, Zoom somebody. You never know how that can help cheer up, cheer up your weekend if you reconnect with somebody. We'll be back in your ears Monday, getting you ready for for Steelers versus Washington. We'll be doing a crossover Monday with our guy from the the Locked On Washington football team podcast so we got a lot coming at you kicking off the week next week hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.